as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710KURV. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710KURV and KURV.com. Here's Zach. It's tax time. No, not really tax time. Not like April tax time, but this is a different kind of tax time. This is the tax this is a tax time. discussion that's going to be happening uh, between us and the Hidalgo County Tax Assessor Collector. Uh, Paul Villarreal joins us now. Davey, I'll, I'll let you have the first question. Go ahead. Uh, Dr. Villarreal. Well, you, you now have my permission to identify yourself as Dr. Paul Villarreal. <laughs> Doctor uh, in tax. <laughs> that's right. Jesus. Uh, so, uh, originally, we want to talk about these tax swap things, but let's not but, but there are this is the season to send out tax notices the taxes which will start being due january 1 but some people yes. won't know what their tax liability is for their local school district until after Correct. so explain how that's going to work well great uh, thank you mr rankin for inviting me uh, it's paul Villarreal, yes. and uh, i'm excited to to let you know that uh, normally we send out tax statements at the end of, of october first uh, first week of, uh, of November, uh, out of, in our office, the tax office, uh, we we collect for 42 entities in Hidalgo County out of 44. Out of the 40, 42 entities that I'm sending out, eight school districts uh, trigger an election. So we have to wait for those eight school districts to adopt their tax rate on the November 7th election. Uh, so at that time, uh, uh, I'm only going to send out the 34 other districts uh, here at the end of the month. And... Uh, as soon as that happens, uh, November 7th, they adopt um, the other school districts. They're going to get a supplement. Any property that's above 100000 they're going to get a supplement because, of course, we also have the homestead exemption on, on the, yeah. on the uh, Proposition 4 where it's, it's at 40000 and it's going to go up to 100000 So I advise our community here to vote for the uh, Proposition 4 because that's going to save us. Uh, if, you, if your yeah. property is 100000 at least about $600 or more. Now, uh, I, I should say, use me, use me as the guinea pig. I live in the McAllen School District, and I was, okay. normally by this time I get a notice from, the, from you, from your office, from about county, what yeah. I owe for all the different. So you don't send yeah, those. Let me go That's ahead why I haven't uh, gotten one. Yeah, well, th- what happens is that uh, normally every, every district should give me a tax rate by September 30th, and then at that point I get ready to uh, – to go ahead and prepare my tax statement so I can send them out. But the eight, eight school districts that are not going to be on the tax statement when I send them out is going to be La Jolla School District, Mission CISD, McAllen, uh, Hidalgo ISD, uh, Edinburgh, PSJ, uh, mm-hmm. Progreso, and Monte Alto. Wow. Those eight school what? districts, you won't get a tax statement uh, at the end of the month. Everybody sends all the big all the big districts are uh, trying to take advantage of this. So. All right. Yeah. Uh, everybody's uh, pretty much. Yes. Paul, Paul Villarreal, the Hidalgo County Tax Assessor Collector, is our guest on News Talk 710 KURV. 
we we have this explained fairly often because it's a question that comes up a lot. Can you explain the tax <laughs> compression thing to us? And is it just a gimmick from the from the capital in Austin? Gimmick. Well, you if know, you, I mean, that, that's what I was telling Mr. Rankin. I normally, what I do, my, 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 I do the collections for the school district. Their finance department for the school district are the ones that work with all those compressions. And, and the, what I do is wait for them to give me the tax rate so I can send out tax statements. So I'm not really yeah. up to par as far as the way they do it. So this question would be for the superintendent or somebody at the finance department, the school district. Maybe that they can go ahead and explain that a little bit more than, than, than me. So yeah. uh, I guess on that one, uh, I'll just uh, let them do that. It's That's a way, fair. it's a state state sanctioned way because when, as I understand it, when they say they, they levy a ten cents per hundred dollar valuation tax, and two cents of that goes to retire debt, or have that right to retire debt, and the other eight cents would go for a cent- I think operating expenses, you know, p- uh, salaries and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and it's, and th- so they have to they have to reallocate or um, put different names on the amount of taxes, put them in different boxes. Um, there you go. It somehow saves money for the. I, obviously, I don't understand it, but uh, it, it is a way. It's a legal way to uh, benefit local school districts, and frankly, benefit local taxpayers uh, at the same time. So, I don't see why people wouldn't vote for it. Um, well, I, I think uh, our our value is growing. I think the value is growing. Uh, yeah. The school districts, like the ones that I mentioned, are getting more students in 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 their area. So definitely. Uh, if, uh, if if we need to help, I, I think, you know, it's something that maybe a couple of cents more or, uh, that we have to uh, pay throughout the year. It's worth it because I'll tell you one thing. Uh, for anybody who lives in, in La Jolla, and uh, I'm the tax collector, well, for anybody who lives in the house, in, in La Jolla, they might have a $40,000 home, a $50,000 home, a $100,000, $200,000. Yeah. We collected $40 million for them this, this year. So wow. I mean that is great when when everybody gets together and we bring in that money for for uh, Mission CSD thirty million dollars last year this year for McAllen ninety seven million dollars Edinburgh ninety four million uh, PSJ seventy one million uh, so when when uh, if they need some money they need a little bit more for their district because it's growing then when we help out then we have great education for our kids yeah, the, uh, uh, the so explain. Um, I think I understand it, but explain for people how, um, what do they call it? It goes from 40,000, is it? To homestead exemption. The exemption on your home. Oh, yeah. uh, explain yes, how right. that works. Yeah, right, right now, uh, once, once you have your primary residence, you go to the appraisal district, you apply for your homestead, and once you qualify, it's 40,000 in value. So if your home is a hundred thousand, it's going to deduct 40,000, and you're only going to pay on 60,000. So you might be saving three, four hundred dollars for that. And then after yeah. that, uh, right now, if it's going to go up to a hundred thousand, then if, if your home is a hundred thousand, then you're going to be actually saving the hundred thousand and pay zero for anybody that has a home above 105, 110, 150, then you're going to pay on that difference. So hundred, uh, $200,000 home, you're going to have a deduction of 100,000. So you're only going to pay a hundred thousand. But of That's course you must have the homestead exemption for those, um, uh, 
people that don't have their homestead exemption, they need to go to the appraisal district there in, in the uh, city of Edinburgh on Trenton Road with the Chicago yeah. County Appraisal District so they can take advantage of that exemption. And not not go to the town, not go to the Hidalgo County Tax Assessor Collector's Office, but go to the appraisal district because right. they're the ones. Yes. Who, okay. Definitely. Yeah. That's anytime you're dealing savings. with value. Yeah. No. No. It's it's uh, actually like I said. Uh, uh, for anybody who's got a hundred thousand dollar home, it, you're going to save about six hundred to seven hundred dollars. It all depends where you live and and, and the tax rate because you're going to take that sixty thousand times tax rate, and you might say, "Why wow, this is six hundred fifty dollars?" So. Uh, we need to vote for the uh, proposition forward to say yes to go up to a hundred thousand. So I, uh, I encourage everybody to do that. All right. Yeah, I uh, agree with that. You know, listen, we always have these discussions about yeah, we we pay a lot in taxes. Bigger cities pay a lot more in taxes, mm-hmm. but I mean, the more programs that we get, and the more developments that we get, and the more. Um, I guess creature comforts and, and and things like that. As we evolve, as as we evolve as a region these things are going to come mm-hmm. up and I mean, change has to come from somewhere. Yeah, definitely. And, I, and I always like cases to say are couch cushions. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, like I said, you know, sometimes uh, I always hear it, you know, people come to me and say, uh, Paul, I'm paying too much. I said, what do you mean? <laughs> What's too much for you? Right. There's a lady stopped me one time. I'll tell you the story. Uh, she said, Mr. Real, uh, I need to tell you that I'm paying close to $800 on the school district by itself. I said, okay, uh, please tell me more. I said, well, it's killing me, $800. I said, well, do you have any kids? He said, I got four. I said, okay, 800 divided by four, that's $200 a year. Divided by 300 days that they go to school, she was only paying 67 cents per kid. And last year for the Edinburgh School District, we collected $91 million. So I said, and she goes, oh my God, I never thought about it that way. I said, can you imagine if you take your kids out of school and you have to homeschool them, get a teacher, get a computer, uh, get a nurse with your 67 cents? They go, no, I couldn't do it. They go, thank you for telling me. And she was appreciative. Because sometimes you think of what you're paying, but you don't you don't realize that you live in the city. I'll give an example of Edinburgh. We collected $39 million for the city, $94 million for the school district, $271 million for the county, uh, $75 million for the uh, South Texas College, and then the uh, the drainage is fifty-five million. You're looking at five hundred million dollars, and you only paid a certain fee amount, whether whether it be fifteen hundred, would be a thousand or more. But five hundred million dollars where you live uh, at the level and at the county. So mm-hmm. sometimes people go, "Well, thank you for telling me that, because now I can understand the benefit that I'm getting for me paying, you know, what I pay." Wow. Yeah, you make a good you make a good case, a good argument. For, yeah. That, um, so that that was yeah. uh, very enlightening. Yeah, I've been there since 1985, so I got to learn something good so I can pass it on to other people. Because it, 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 I always tell them, God, don't know, don't know, this is great. You know what we do. You know, uh, I, well, what I do. You know, uh, I grew up in the fields. You know, and and then uh, and my dad was a primary carpenter, electrician. I used to cut yards. Now that I, what I'm doing, I collect for 42 entities. At the end of the year, I collect over 1.1 billion dollars. You know, overseeing over 350,000 accounts. And then uh, I said, this is great. You know, I'm doing it, you know, because I want our people to have all the money. As soon as you take a payment to the office, uh, if you live in the city of Far, school of Far, in, in the county, the next day we turn around and send it to your bank. We send the money that we collect for the city of Far, uh, to the school district of Far, and then to the county, the drainage. So automatically your money comes back to you. You, you go deposit with us and we'll send it back so you can have uh, services, you know, that you deserve. 
yeah and, and it's real easy it's real easy to see the money going away from you and it's a lot harder to see the money coming back to you but it is there it is there no and, and i'm no i'm being serious though but like i said it's it's the it's the growing pains it's the developments it's the incentives for businesses to come down it's the programs mm -hmm. we put our, our kids through it's the things that the the fixing of the potholes around town you know things like that all, all yeah. these little things that you don't see them immediately but over time they do add up and they, they are yeah, much needed definitely. and, and it's it, it, these are the things that uh, we have to go through as our city you know, develops and or our city, our, our, our community develops and evolves and grows. Yeah. And uh, hey, thanks for being a part of that. And Thank thanks you for very much. breaking it down for us. It was very enlightening. We appreciate it as usual. That's the Hidalgo County Tax Assessor Collector, uh, Paul Villarreal, joining us on News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURV. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURV. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. Here's Zach. From our state capitol up in Austin, uh, discussing uh, school choice for the special, elect, uh, the special session right now. So what's, what's the report from Ground Zero? Where do we stand right now? Hey, Zach. Scott Braddock here, reporting live from Austin. You, you didn't say my name. I forgot. You know, I was getting ahead of myself. I was trying to. I was trying to think. What's the nicest thing I can call some of these people up in Austin? Well, right you now, mentioned yes. we we talked about Texas rap a little bit uh, during the commercial break, and the name South Park Mexican came up. The SPM. The song everybody knows from him is where he says, "What's my name?" It's SPM. Yes. <laughs> so I right. felt like I was feeling that groove just now. Hey, listen, it is Halloween, and maybe the go you know the ghosts and goblins scared away a bunch of the lawmakers today. Because in the Texas House of Representatives, there were not enough lawmakers present to even conduct business. And that's been the case uh, a few times during this special session. Um, I made the observation earlier, Davis, that, you know, and you, we saw this two years ago when we talked a lot about the quorum break where the mm -hmm. Democrats went to Washington for about six weeks, at least for some of them. Uh, they were there that long. Um, a quorum break is intentional. The lack of a quorum, just not having enough people there, that can that might not be intentional. It, it can just be that people don't care, you know, enough to be there, right? You can have a quorum break, which would be, um, you know, something that's coordinated and you actually have Democratic leaders saying, hey, don't show up uh, because we don't even want to vote on what's happening. But right now there's no bills on the agenda, you know, for, for yesterday or today. They weren't debating any bills. Uh, they weren't planning to debate any bills today. Um, and the Democrats, um, a lot of them were not there. A lot of Republicans were not there, too. I think there were about 20 Republicans who were not present. Um, but Republicans came out and said that the Democrats are breaking quorum and it's their fault that we're not moving forward with teacher pay raises. Now, I had to catch these uh, some of these folks in the act today, Zach, because what happened? What, here's what happened. I'll give you the timeline. It was right around 11.30, this morning that it was established that there were not enough lawmakers at the Capitol to even do any business. And then about 40 minutes later, in a, um, in a press conference, you had uh, the Republicans say, well, the Democrats broke quorum, and so we can't 
take up Governor Abbott's new call for teacher pay raises. Well, I asked one of the Republicans, when did Governor Abbott send that to you? Well, it became clear that he hadn't sent them the new call, including teacher pay raises, until well after it was established that there wasn't a quorum in the House. So it's not as if the governor called for it and then they couldn't do it because there was no quorum. It was the other way around. There was no quorum, and that forced the governor's hand to finally go ahead and do what not just Democrats have been asking for, but a lot of Republicans, too, have been asking for increased school finance and teacher pay raises when the state has, you know, billions of extra dollars in the bank. I think there are a lot of folks and it's not just again, it's not just Democrats who are upset about the fact that Texas has this huge budget surplus act and teachers are not getting a pay raise. So now you have all this finger pointing. Republicans are saying that Democrats are the ones to blame for why we're not debating teacher pay raises. Democrats are saying that this is a joke because you have exactly one week left in this special session, it wraps up, it has to wrap up by law next Tuesday, so one week from today, uh, and the Democrats are arguing that this is just a stunt by the Republicans and Governor Abbott to just say that they did want a teacher pay raise to be debated, but not really give it enough time to be really heard. Can't the governor just extend it or call another session and be like, hey, the business we didn't finish just like last time? He could, and what he could do that would maybe make it more productive is at the beginning of the next special session, which I'm hearing that he may call for that as soon as next Wednesday. If they gavel out and they're done on Tuesday, they may be just back there again uh, on Wednesday. That's at least what I'm hearing. There had been some chatter that the governor might wait and have a special session maybe in January or February, but I'm now hearing that that's not the plan, that it's probably just going to be uh, starting up next week. What he could do uh, to, to, you know, to answer what you're, what you're speaking about, Zach, is to say, hey, Here's a special session agenda that does include both school vouchers and school finance and do that from the beginning rather than say that he's going to put school finance on the agenda at some point in the future if vouchers pass first, which is what he's been doing so far. And that was uh, some more of the procedural stuff that he didn't do opening mm -hmm. up this uh, particular session. Scott Bragg from the Corn Report up in Austin joining us on 710 KURV. Davis Rankin, go ahead. I thought, I thought vouchers were a dead issue. A dead letter, not going to happen. So it sure seemed to be. Uh, you know, the votes just aren't there. Um, you know, I was counting votes back in January and February of this year, and as far as I can tell, the governor has not moved the needle almost at all. It's all. I mean, for political insiders, Republicans and Democrats, Davis, they've been calling this kind of a joke of an effort by the governor because he just hasn't convinced anybody to change their mind really uh, in the Texas House. If I do the math uh, in a way that's even kind to the governor, he's probably still. Um, 15 or 20 votes short of being able to pass this in wow. the Texas House. It's, it's basically where it was before. There are there are about 24 Republicans who are hell knows when it comes to this issue, most of those being rural Republicans who say they're just not going to vote for any kind of a voucher plan. There are some of those in that group who would say that they could maybe vote for a small school voucher mm -hmm. program that would maybe only uh, address uh, special needs uh, students and uh, some other, uh, you know, th that might have some other uh, criteria there, some kind of a um, some kind of a cap on how many vouchers can be given out. Uh, but the, you know, those um, holdouts, uh, those Republicans have argued that even even if they're going to you know vote for something small, it would still have to require that those private schools that take pu uh, public dollars, that you know, if they're taking tax dollars, then those private schools, those those entities, ought to have to live with the same testing requirements that public education has to deal with, uh, and a whole lot of other things as well. Hey, are so, those rural Republicans getting called rhinos by their oh, yeah. uh, colleagues? Even though they're well, not, no, by, well, even no. if you look, if you took a look at the list of votes, the stuff that they voted mm -hmm. on, they're not rhinos until this thing came along. 
they're being called rhinos, but not by their colleagues. I wouldn't. I, I want to make that distinction. Their, really? their colleagues, their colleagues are being pretty respectful for the most part. There's a couple who are not, um, but uh, those who are calling them rhinos or fake Republicans, that's coming from a lot of these well-funded third-party groups. Uh, you know, those those groups that want to try to pass some kind of a voucher plan. And I'll leave you with this: we're probably running out of time. Um, so far this year, the lobby effort on school vouchers has been gigantic um the, i mean it, it's it's almost uh, as big not quite as big but almost as big as the push for casino gambling of course which didn't pass either <laughs> um and the the amount spent is some as far as i could tell from the reports is somewhere between three and five million dollars so far to have almost 60 paid lobbyists at the capitol trying to pass school vouchers and this thing still isn't moving hey scott it, if i give you 90 seconds can you encapsulate why uh dade feeling kicked out ken paxton the other day <laughs> well, he, he was he was kicked out two years ago. Um, so oh. what? So it, it shouldn't have been unknown to him that he can't be standing where he was standing. Um, the Texas House and the Senate, by the way, both have rules about who can be present on the floor uh, and in the House. Uh, that includes members, and but not even their own staff. The, for the for the House members, their own staff has to have specific permission to be on the house floor uh for me as someone who is a, a journalist who has a, a media credential for the house i have to go through a process to be vetted for that to be allowed on the floor and it's a security issue they don't want just anybody walking out there when you have 150 duly elected representatives in the same room um and the attorney general is not one of the people who's listed uh, in the rules and uh, there were some of his friends in the house who asked him to come to a, a part of the capitol that's adjacent to the house floor uh where the same rules are in in effect as uh, as what's on the house floor the sergeant at arms the person who oversees security told ken paxton when she kicked him out um the sergeant kara coffee when she was kicking him out she said i had to kick you out of here two years ago and and paxton had said well i don't remember that rule and obviously maybe he didn't remember the rule because <laughs> there he was standing where he wasn't supposed to be so i know there's some people tr who tried to act like this was some petty thing from the speaker but uh, it's the it's the members of the house the 150 of them that that adopt those rules and some of those same members who voted for the rules were some of the ones complaining about this you know the ag being kicked out <laughs> i've been i've been kicked out of better chambers than this <laughs> oh man scott thanks a lot Thank for the you. report as usual uh Thank scott you. braddock from the quorum report up in austin joining us on news talk 710 kurv you're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 drive home on news talk 710 kurv and kurv.com I love your show. Hello. Hello. Having our voices heard. That's right. Yeah. You live and you learn. Exactly right. This is our country. Use your heads on this stuff. Bingo. Sick of the talking heads. I agree with you. Talk, 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 talk. Hello? Hello? Yes, I'm here. I'm just listening. Yes. No. Yeah. No. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Everyone is so smart. They are so dumb. Who is she the judge? To stand up to do something. Thank you. The Valley's only News Talk station, News Talk 710 KURV. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. Here's Davis. We have uh, Texas Farm Bureau Associate Government Affairs Director Billy Howe to tell us about Proposition Number 6. That's Constitutional Amendment Number 6 on the ballot and it proposes i'll just read the language it proposes a constitutional amendment to create the texas water fund texas water fund would be a special fund in the state treasury uh, administered by the texas water development board uh, to assist in financing water projects in the state all right all right mr howe tell us 
put this in layman's terms, and, and the Farm Bureau is endorsing this uh, amendment, right? Yes, sir. Yes, we are. Well, what uh, basically, you, what the what what the Texas Water Fund is going to do is going to be different than the other funds that we currently have to finance <clears throat> water infrastructure projects. Uh, Senator Perry, who was the author of the constitutional amendment, it, it, as the chairman of the Senate Ag and Water Committee, um, he realized that doing things the way we've always done them isn't going to take care of our water problems in the state of Texas. And that's what Proposition 6 is, is meant to cure, because the, the days of us thinking we can just build a reservoir or drill a groundwater well, are not, it's just not going to get the job done. Uh, we've got to seriously look at non-traditional water projects like desalinating seawater, desalinating groundwater, doing more reuse, aquifer storage and recovery, and uh, cleaning up all that water that's being produced from the oil and gas industry. Mm. Uh, and so he's really looking for this $1 billion to go towards those types of projects uh, to make sure that we've got enough water in the future. A uh, billion dollars, I don't know why that doesn't sound like enough given the size of the state of Texas. What do you all think, or, or do you have an opinion about that? Well, I'll tell you the truth. I mean, the, the original um, ask, so to speak, by Senator Perry was for $3 billion because really that's kind of what they thought yeah. um, they would need to really, you know, tackle this problem and, and get it taken care of. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, budget constraints are such that, uh, you know, they got a billion dollars to get this started. And, of course, they could always come back uh, back to the legislature in the future and and hopefully get more money appropriated towards this uh the other part of the water fund that we're mm -hmm. the other major thing that it's supposed to do is help rural communities as well uh there's money that's going to be earmarked for rural water systems with 150,000 people or less because the traditional forms of financing those projects at the water mm -hmm. development board with low interest loans those rural water systems can't afford to go get the loan and then pass on the cost of the loan to their ratepayers. Uh, the, the, what pe rural folks would have to pay for their water would be astronomical. Uh, so that's also part of, of what this new water fund would do as well. Uh, uh, Texas we're, joined, water we're joined by uh, the Texas Farm Bureau Associate Government Affairs Director, Billy Howe. We're talking about Proposition Number 6 for the Water Fund, joining us on 710-KURV. Uh, as far as, can you get into detail on how some of the, the water solutions would, uh, would work, and uh, how many are there? Solutions? Well, that's all going to come down to the state water plan. Uh, but part of the thing is what Senator Perry found is that some of these projects aren't being pursued because the current means of financing them through the state of Texas don't take care of it. So, I mean, I know that there's been uh, a desal plant on the books for years, I believe, to be built in Brownsville on the coast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that project really just kind of been stalled and not really gotten, you know, off the ground uh, the way people would expect. And part of the problem is the financing of it, um, because the, these other means of providing water, you know, all of them are going to be more expensive than just going and drilling a well and building a pipeline. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the traditional sources of water, we're going to run out if that's what we're going to rely on. Uh, we've, we've got to look at desal. We've got to look at... Uh, aquifer storage and recovery is a really interesting one. You know, we have these floods. Y'all yeah. had floods down there. 
And yep. so during times of flood, aquifer storage and recovery, what you do is you ca- you capture those flood waters, and then you inject it into the aquifer where it'll hold it for the future, which is better than a reservoir because you don't deal with the evaporation problems. So those are the types of innovative things that they're wanting this fund to go to. Is anybody doing the uh, injection into the aquifer already? Yes, San Antonio is currently doing it. San Antonio, because they've got restrictions on taking water from the Edwards Aquifer because of an endangered species issue, when it rains a lot and that aquifer fills up, they take and they pipe some of that water over into the, I believe, the Trinity Aquifer, and they inject it into the Trinity Aquifer so they can use it during drought times. And they're also, hmm. they've also got a desal facility as well where they, that they're going to desalinate brackish groundwater that's uh, in an aquifer south of San Antonio. Well, that's that's uh, good news to me. That they're, they're, I know there was great concern about the Edwards Aquifer, um, and we have an aquifer here, but I couldn't tell you where it is or any of, any of that sort of thing. We're, uh, I mean, we're, Texas as a whole is just behind in confronting water problems, are we not? Uh, that's sort of a airy-fairy way of looking at it, but so it's it's time to do something, I guess. Well, what we've got going on in Texas is just tremendous growth. I mean, you look out, Texas has grown over the last 30 years, and we're still expected over the next 50 years to double our population again. So Ooh. that's a lot of people to provide water for in a state that tends to be subject to droughts, you know, on a fairly regular basis, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that that's just really important and uh you know one of the projects that probably really important in the valley are these reuse projects where you're actually taking the water from the people like to think of it (laughs) but taking water from the wastewater treatment plant and cleaning it back up and putting it back into the system i mean they do that in israel and other places and that's that's something where you can certainly use reuse your water wisely and uh take some pressure off, uh, particularly, you know, when we're in these instances where we're having issues with Mexico and whether or not they're releasing water that they're supposed to to, to, to our folks on our side of the river. So um, let's say that the that the fund gets uh, voted for and it gets put into play. Uh, how long would the whole process take for it to return some results? To turn, return some results, Senator Perry was wanting to see some results, I believe, within five years. Not bad. Not yeah, bad. Okay. Yeah. Better than never, right? <laughs> yeah, he was he was wanting to see the some plans finalized and them starting to go through the permitting process and starting to apply for for financing fairly quickly. Listen, thank you very much. Um, we really appreciate uh, appreciate you joining us and giving us giving us the information about the water. And by the way, listeners, that is proposition number six on your ballot. I want to thank uh, Texas Farm Bureau Associate for Government Affairs Director Billy Howe joining us on 710-KURV. You're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710-KURV and KURV.com. 
You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.